So you're online shopping for a new coat and you find exactly what you're looking for. It's $100. You get out your credit card when you see another option. Four scheduled payments of $25. If you've bought anything online, and most of us have, you must have seen the buy now, pay later option. Maybe you've even tried it out. But is it a smart way to pay for stuff? Are there any hidden risks? Today, we're taking a look at buy now, pay later plans, where payments for stuff you buy are spread out over a period of time. Most of them have zero interest, too. It's big with retailers, and you see it on a lot of websites, from makeup to electronics and even plane tickets. Should you try it? Welcome to Stress Test, a podcast about personal finance for Gen Z and millennials. I'm Roma Luzio, personal finance editor at The Globe. And I'm Rob Carrick, personal finance columnist at The Globe. So Roma, BNPL is relatively new, but the concept of deferred payments certainly is not. I'm reminded of those commercials in my childhood for juicers and slicers and dicers just for easy payments of $19.99. Does BNPL remind you of that? Sure does. I remember those commercials, watching those when I was a kid. Wasn't there a, a channel specifically for that? The Home Shopping Channel. Isn't that what that's all about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It does feel like we've done a 180, right? BNPL has arrived on the scene. Why don't you tell us what that is, Rob? Well, let's put it this way. I was looking at airline tickets not too long ago. I was just blue sky. I'm not going anywhere that spectacular. And I noticed that Air Canada was offering the option to pay for your tickets in installments. That is BNPL. It could be four installments once per month. It could be they give you a date and you have to pay the debt by that date. It is a tool for retailers to sell more. It's a, it's a program that retailers pay for. You, the user, don't pay for it if you pay on time because you, you make your installment payments, but there's no interest attached to it and no fees in many cases. It actually sounds kind of attractive on the, on the surface. The retailer's paying the freight for this because they believe they will sell more products that way. I was looking at a report on BNPL, and it predicts that there will be a total of many billions of dollars spent that way by the end of 2021. And I I get why. It's super convenient, and it's quite comfortable. The idea, I can buy this, I get it now, and I pay later, and I've got myself committed to a program. I'll make these monthly payments. It sounds kind of good. I see why people are doing it. Do you see a lot of Christmas shopping happening with BNPL this year? Absolutely. I think it's going to be something that a lot of people use to pay for their Christmas purchases. I think one of the concerning things that I'm hearing about is the fact that BNPL seems to lead people to spend more than they otherwise would have. When you think it through, it makes sense. You put a number of things in your basket and all of a sudden your total is smaller because you're spreading out the payments. And so you think, you know what, I can afford to throw something else in there. And Why don't I add one more thing? It's easy to see that number at the bottom and think, I have the ability to spend more. What is less easy to see is the fact that that is going to continue to drain you in the coming weeks and months. And that's where I think it's problematic. One thing we have to acknowledge is that BNPL is a big and growing trend in buying things. And we're personal finance people, and that interests us. In today's episode, we wanted to hear from Canadians who have used BNPL, We spoke to two women in their 20s who have very different perspectives on it. That's up next. This is freaking great. I love it. (laughs) I think everybody should make use of it. I think everybody should look into installments and see, like, they're not as bad as they seem um, unless it has credit 
involved, obviously, and be wise about your decisions is all I, I gotta say when it comes to shopping, because uh, I've definitely done some damage to myself <laughs> in that sense. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's Sarah, a millennial who's clearly a fan. I am 26 years old. I live in Ottawa. Um, And currently, I'm a student at the University of Ottawa. Most sales pop up around or before big holidays and events. Sarah started using Buy Now, Pay Later while shopping around on Black Friday last year. So I was actually shopping for hair tools. And that was the first time that I was able to make installment payments through like online, like through a website. Um, It was just to buy like hair straighteners, like curling irons and like a few other hair accessories that I had to get. And my bill was quite large. So I had to like install, like put them on installments instead of um, paying up front because at that time it just felt like an impulsive buy and I had to do it. Sarah bought hair products and the laptop she needed for school. The payment plan gives her the flexibility to save money while buying things she wants and things she needs. For me, it was like one of the big things is like keeping emergency like backup savings. So that was another um, thing for me was to pull money out of my savings to pay for my laptop where I could just do like paycheck to paycheck um, and then pay it off with the money that I'm making. BNPL apps really target Gen Z and millennial shoppers. And Sarah doesn't see the trend going away anytime soon. So I do think like this is something that's going to be like the new norm um, in terms of like online shopping for younger generations, especially because we live in like a world now, which is like just based off of trend and kids, they just want something new all the time. So this is like the best thing that they could probably come across is like kind of have that opportunity to buy new things without having to worry about paying for them right away. Even though she's a fan of BNPL, Sarah feels there are pros and cons. It could be dangerous because it could create a lot of bad shopping habits, which I personally have, and it's really hard to control. But uh, I think it helps with realizing that if something's out of your budget, whether you want to make installment payments, which is kind of nice, you know, you can still get what you want or you realize like it's a little bit out of my budget and you just don't want to get it. It helps you not buy it if they saw installment payments weren't there, but it kind of like, you know, it's kind of there to like satisfy your own like hunger for that item. So it's great. Yeah. I think Sarah's story will be relatable to many of our listeners. Some of the things she's doing sound great. She has savings. She budgets. She's thinking about how she's spending. The part that worries me is how she acknowledges that some of the bad shopping habits that she has, or at least the ones that cause her concern that are hard to control I think BNPL could be fueling that fire. I think what Sarah's story shows me is the tension that people feel when they're shopping for things and they feel they may not have enough money, but they really want or feel they need something. And can I afford it? I don't know if I can, but with BNPL, those small payments, it seems to make it possible. And I think BNPL puts a lot of responsibility on people to to make smart financial decisions. After the break, we'll hear from another Canadian shopper who discovered the buy now, pay later option last year and why she isn't sold on it. Meet our next shopper, a Gen Z. Um, my name is Sarah Lewis and I'm 23 years old and I'm a staff writer for MoneyWise, which is a personal finance publication, and I live in Toronto. Sarah came across the BNPL option when buying makeup on Sephora's website. 
I think it was $64. So then divided by four, that's uh, 16 bucks um, for each installment. So you'd be doing the $16 upfront and then having that, you know, split over um, its uh, biweekly installments. Sarah doesn't love the idea. And for me, like retailers and makeup companies, things like that, those are more like wants as opposed to necessities. So for me, it didn't really make sense to use, you know, buy now, pay later if, you know, you can't afford to pay for something in the first place with your credit card. And I think you can really lose sight of how much you're spending in a month. And I think I would be more prone to impulse buys and things like that if um, I was relying on buy now, pay later. Another reason why Sarah doesn't like BNPL is because she's thinking more about her long-term financial goals. Another reason would also be uh, a lot of these platforms don't report your information to credit bureaus, um, which can work for, say, someone who isn't paying their bills on time, um, because then that's not affecting your credit score. But if you are someone that does pay your bills on time, then you would actually want that information reported to a credit bureau because that can actually help build your credit score which is um, pretty important if uh, banks and lenders look at it um, to determine if you're a reliable borrower, if you're applying for a credit card or a loan and things like that. Um, And as well as what I was saying with buy now, pay later is if you're not saving and you're spending more, then that can also be an issue when it comes to purchasing big things in the future, like making that down payment. So would she ever make an exception and use BNPO? For me, I would prefer not to use it unless I absolutely have to. Maybe if my laptop broke down or I needed, you know, a really big sort of electronic or home furnishing, things like that, that would be a situation where I might consider using buy now, pay later to like spread those payments over a longer period of time, as opposed to just paying for the whole thing up front. I think Sarah is an example of someone who's thinking really clearly about BNPL. She's done her research, considered all her options, and I'd encourage anyone that is thinking about using BNPL to do the same. Yeah, she's clearly someone who has spent some time planning out her finances. She's aware of the dangers. She's trying to steer clear of trouble and temptation with online shopping. We all feel it. I know I do when I get on there and start looking for stuff. Just don't put yourself in that situation. It's a smart move. So we've heard opposite views of BNPL from two Canadian shoppers, but what do the experts think? To find out, I spoke with Jessica Morehouse, a financial educator and host of the More Money podcast. Here's our conversation. I came across this in a purely a business story in the report on business, the Globe's report on business, I guess about a year or two ago, and I thought, wow, this sounds like old school installment payments, um, not good personal finance. And I was kind of negative on it. Uh, and I wondered how it would take off. And I see it starting to gain momentum. What are you seeing with buy now, pay later? Are people asking you about it? Do you feel it's getting any uh, any pickup in the marketplace? Yeah, I'm definitely being asked about it. Um, I think like I've got, I've, I feel like I've had this conversation with so many people and I feel like you, you me and you are on the same page. I'm not a big fan um, because it is uh, kind of an old product repackaged and, you know, a little bit more shiny and more digital. And it's uh, definitely marketed to like there's lots of different uh, players now and they're all definitely marketed to Gen Z and millennials. Um, but, to, you know, really what it is, is just an, a short term installment payment loan that 
you know, if you go on every website and I was looking at all the different ones out there, what you will see is, oh, there's no downside. They're they're only talking upside. It gives me convenience and maybe I want to buy this thing. I don't have the cash right now, but maybe I will next paycheck. And so these, you know, biweekly installment payments I have to make, oh, I can definitely make that work. And it says, oh, there's no interest or there's no late fees. Oh, this is great. But if you do some digging, which I definitely have, nothing comes for free. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Someone is paying the piper at the end of the day. And I feel like there are a lot of kind of negative things that could result from using these uh, different uh, buy now, pay later apps. Okay, let's t- let's get the benefit of the digging that you've done. What have you found that has uh, made you pretty, uh, sounds like pretty negative on these things? Well, I think the first thing is uh, sometimes it would explain, well, there could be a late fee if you do not pay your outstanding balance, uh, you know, in the time frame that you're supposed to. But then you're like, well, what is that Fee, though, like how much are we talking? Are we talking $10, $50, what? And it's very difficult to find that information. And the other really annoying thing too is although there's there's so many different ones uh, popping out, um, they all have slightly different uh, rules, uh, you know, requirements um, and uh, fee structures. So they all are a, a bit different. And so if you are juggling all of these different apps, because I'm sure if you're going to use one, you're probably going to use another one it's going to be very difficult to honestly keep all that information, um, you know, organized. And the thing that really kind of, for me was like, oh, that can be uh, dicey is all of them pretty much have the same structure in that you pay now, you buy you buy the thing, you get it immediately. Um, and you just have to do one uh, fourth of the installment payment. And then you have, uh, you know, three other installment payments to to pay and then then you're off the hook, you're, you're debt free. That's great. What it doesn't really explain is how quickly you have to make these installment payments is bi-weekly. That's, you know, usually it's, you know, usually they have a time frame. It's within six or eight weeks you have to pay off the entire balance. And honestly, if you were buying something and you don't have the cash now, how likely is it that you will have the cash in six to eight weeks? It's probably unlikely. What do you say to someone who thinks... I don't see why I wouldn't want to use this sort of thing. I don't mind paying a little bit out each month. In fact, it seems like a sensible thing. I my mind is regimented towards budgeting and making uh, making payments in sequence for things. I can I can budget for that. Why would I want to tie up all my cash buying my thing with the money all up front? I'd rather pay it out a little at a time. I think people are starting to think that's a mm. smart way to pay for things. What do you think? Because mm. I feel like so many people think of a best case scenario and they forget about. But what if something happens? If you do not have the cash to to buy something on some website like a Sephora or a clothing store, I'm going to say that probably means you don't have an emergency fund. So if something happens, where are you going to get that cash? You're going to get into debt. And the other thing to remember, too, is with all these apps, you do have to connect either a credit card or a debit card. And it, that's how it uh, takes its payments from you. So lots of people are probably connecting their credit card and then getting into credit card debt. So there's always something that you have to kind of be mindful of. For me, if that's your argument, then my argument back would be then just save it in advance. Um, you're going to have to pay off the thing within six to uh, eight weeks. So give yourself six to eight weeks to save up for this thing. Jessica, where do you see buy now, pay later being used the most? Well, I I think a lot of obviously online retailers. And again, I think the reason these buy now, pay later apps have exploded is because of the pandemic. We've all been stuck at home. We have a lot more time to do some online window shopping. We're bored. 
And some of us, you know, because we have cut down our costs because we don't have to commute to work and things like that, we have kind of a little bit more, you know, money or, you know, maybe not, but we have the inclination to spend more money. We are definitely, I I think, in this mode of just, ah, whatever, I'll just spend it now. I just need something exciting in my life. And so these apps have come at the, the perfect time where people are ready to spend money, whether they have it or not. They're here to take your money. Um, and I, it, what's fascinating is some of the retailers, though, that have these apps associated with them, they are for like very uh, you know, inexpensive things. I, I think typically when we think of like getting an installment loan, you think of maybe a big purchase like a television. Well, even though those are cheaper now than they used to be or furniture, but now you can go, yeah, like clothing stores um, and makeup and uh, and things like that. And, and for me, it just does not make sense to uh, get an installment loan to buy some makeup at Sephora or something like that. You know, these are things really that all the things that are associated with these apps, all the retailers are to buy things that will immediately lo- lose all of its value as soon as you get it. It strikes me that it's a particularly bad idea to make installment payments on something that could very well be used up by the time you make the last installment. What do you yes. think about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the crazy thing. I feel like especially too when it comes to things like, you know, clothing. Um, and a lot of it is like fast fashion. So it's going to be out of style probably, yeah, by the time you've paid off your installments or, you know, in the next couple months. And then you're going to do the, the process again. You're like, well, I need a new wardrobe because everything I bought is not in style anymore. And uh, so you're you're going to continue doing this cycle of getting into installment payments. And I think for me, that is the the biggest thing that people need to, to again, be mindful of is what are these apps really doing? They're providing convenience, but again, it may be for a certain price, but it's also instilling not a very good habit in terms of being a consumer. Like it's encouraging you to spend money now without pre-planning for it. It strikes me that the big risk here is I try, buy now, pay later, and I think, wow, it works really well. Now I'm buying a new thing and I'm going to try that. And next thing you know, I've got five, six, half a dozen buy now, pay later accounts that I'm trying to juggle. And that's basically the tipping point. And I start to, uh, I start to fall offside on all of them. Um, can you imagine this sort of thing happening? Just this, this mushrooming of buy now, pay later to a point where we're all carrying more buy now, pay later than we could ever hope to repay? Very easily. And although lots of these apps do have, you know, either uh, balance limits, or if you're late with a payment, then they kind of cut off your account until you've uh, repaid your loan. So, you know, there are some limitations, which which is good. Still, you can connect it to a credit card and then max that out and then get a new credit card to connect it to and max that out. So it, I, I feel like it is kind of a, a little bit of a gateway into potential uh, more higher interest debt. When I thought of asking Jessica to participate in this episode of the podcast, I was really curious to hear what she would say about BNPL. She's got she's a younger demographic. I thought maybe she sees some good in this that I had missed out on. Uh, but I think I have to agree with Jessica's take on all this. Uh, Roma, what about you? Yeah, she seems right on to me. Uh, putting off paying debt is in large part just about deferring the pain Uh, It builds bad habits. And in the hands of someone who's struggling financially or might not be super literate, it can uh, lead to trouble. You know, as with any kind of debt, you have to be careful with BNPL. I do not want to be reading press releases or assigning stories in the coming months and years about how many millennials have gotten into long-term financial trouble because of BNPL. Here are my three takeaways for this episode. One, BNPL is designed to get you to spend more. So be careful when online shopping. 
Ask yourself if you really want or need this purchase. And don't buy stuff you can't afford. Two, if you use buy now, pay later payments, read the fine print. Fees and costs are not always easy to find. And as with any financial contract, be sure you know what commitment you're making. It could have consequences. Three, if you're a responsible borrower, which means you pay what you owe on time, use a credit card to build a good credit score. That will help you get the lowest rates possible when you need to borrow money for things like a mortgage later in life. Thanks for listening to Stress Test. This show was produced by Amy Chan and Zara Kozama. Audio engineering and editing by Kyle Fulton. Our executive producer is Kieran Rana. Thanks to guests Sarah Lewis, Jessica Morehouse, and Sara. If you like what you heard, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Our next episode will look ahead at what the big personal finance trends will be in the next year. You don't want to miss that one. You can find Stress Test at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And find us at theglobeandmail.com, where we cover all things financial. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.